We saw a much different Boston College team against UNC, but it was not enough as the Eagles could not find their shot and lost to UNC 58-47 on Wednesday. We're going to recap this. We'll talk a little bit about a coaching rumor you're going to want to know about, and we'll get into the news, including a preview of tonight's big Georgia Tech Boston College women's basketball team. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. If this is the first time you've listened to my show, I want to welcome you. Locked On Boston College is a daily Boston College podcast. We do this five days a week. And if you have checked this out, I hope to give you all the news and info that you want for Boston College sports. I have guests. I have all sorts of goodies that you're going to want. And if you've listened to us and you have made us your first listen every day, I want to thank you again. Each and every one of you that have listened to Locked On Boston College, You make the difference here. So let's jump in. Boston College loses to UNC 58-47. This was a very, very different game. Remember, UNC scored 91 points against BC on January 2nd. They scored, they they ran their offense and did whatever they wanted against BC. So heading into this game, it just seemed like if BC did what they did against Wake Forest, UNC is going to be able to trounce them. That's not what happened. BC showcased that they have... A lot of what you want to see. This was an encouraging and disappointing game all in one. Encouraging because the defense was miles better than what we saw last time. I mean, last game, as I said on the po- on our post, four players scored double digits for, for UNC. This game, Caleb Love, he hit, I think he was like 5 of 16 or something like that. Um, and they made him a star of the game, but he really wasn't. I mean, he really struggled offensively for, for UNC at, at major points in this game. But, you know... I loved the way the def- defense played. They were all over everything. There were just a few things that they couldn't stop. You know, uh, Armando Bacot and, um, sorry, just Bacot, he had 18 rebounds in this game. And BC, when they needed to make stops, just couldn't do it. So, you know, BC, they hung around this game for a long period of this, uh, for, for most of the game, because UNC just couldn't find their shot. UNC won for the first time, I think, in 18 games when they were shooting under 30%. Uh, so BC's defense was all over them. Credit to Earl Grant and that staff for figuring out how to adjust your defense and to do it on the road. That was impressive. Now, the offense was a mess. Again, uh, you know, they just could not find their shots and they couldn't, they weren't able to um, score in the last seven minutes of the game. I mean, I'll get into another issue in a moment, but in the grand scheme of things, that was the difference in this game. If Boston College scores a couple baskets in that last seven minutes, they're in this and they could win, you know, but they kept going down the court. You know, there was a big series where Jaden Zachary draws a foul and he front ends a, a foul shot and then misses the second one. That was very disappointing. You know, there was a couple fruitless um, dry, uh, attempts by DeMar Lankford, who just didn't look like he was very confident at all with his shots. Uh, there were the, there was that, you know, they, they just, I mean, if you go seven minutes against a team like UNC, you're going to lose. And it was just lucky that BC only lost by 11 because the way that they ended that game, they could have it could have just exploded. But again, the defense played. The defense came in there to play. And so, you know, credit to some of the guys. TJ Bickerstaff had a heck of a game. He had 17 rebounds. Uh, a lot of big moments there for him. Jaden Zachary, I know I just got him on, this, on his offense. 
you know, he is he is a glue guy for that defense. He is a guy that's diving for balls, making big plays, um, and and making you know those he, those things that don't really show up in the stat book for Boston College. But he does it day in and day out, and I think his shots will fall. And even if he doesn't, like next year, his role should not be the scorer. His goal, his his role should be a guy who can put in some points here and there, but a guy who plays defense for you because he is going to be if he is like the sixth man, the guy that does that, or more of the the you know not the focal point of the offense. He is in a much better sh- space to do that. Um, Quentin Post and James Carnick. I mean, Quentin Post led in scoring. But, they, I mean, both guys, they had no answer to Armando Bacot in terms of rebounding. I thought, you know, I know Post led with 10 points, but that was it. Now, the one of the other issues. So, uh, first of all, before I get into this, this is not about, this is not blaming the refs for BC losing this game. S- not scoring for seven, point, uh, seven minutes and shooting 30% from the field, that is on Boston College. They lost because of that. But... UNC and the refs did not do much to help him there. As at one point I tweeted out, UNC had outshot free throws uh, against BC 20-2. to Now, yesterday, there was a big hubbub, and I think Clemson's head coach Brad Brownell made a big th- stink of it, when Duke outshot free throws against Clemson 13-1. to Now, let me tell you again, it was 20-2 to at one point for Boston College. I mean, thirteen to one's bad. Twenty to two is pretty bad too, and in the end, it ended up being twenty-five to eight in terms of UNC. UNC was getting calls all over the place. I just think back to and and you know, I'm watching it because I'm not in Chapel Hill, so I can't tell you exactly. But I, I the one play that I thought I was like, oh my god, come on, was the second half, and and uh, Manic, their big uh, center, was going up for a sh- rebound. And then just sort of just fell over his own legs. And then they called a foul on James Karnick on that. And, I, I mean, just watching it, it didn't look like Manic was anywhere near James Karnick on that play. It looked like he just kind of stumbled. And they called a foul on him, on, on Karnick. That was the kind of plays they were calling all night. Now, when you're going to complain about the refs, the first thing you want to look at is, you know, in years past, BC would get outshot at the free throw line because Jim Christian would have their shooters, you know, pulling up and taking three-pointers all night. And yeah, you're not going to get free throws if you're just going to take jump shots all night. BC was being aggressive. They were going at the rim, and they weren't getting calls. And every time UNC sneezed, they were getting a foul shot. So that was irritating at points. And you know what? It's interesting to see, and I'd love to hear what, and I'm recording this while the press conference is going on because I have a few other things I have to get to, but I'd love to hear what Earl Grant's thoughts were that at that because I don't think any of us would have blamed him if he got teed up or thrown out of that game because it was very frustrating to watch at times when BC was doing the same things that UNC was doing and not getting any of the calls. And I know it's Tobacco Road. This is the kind of stuff that they get. And, you know, Duke and UNC, they get gifts from the, the from the refs for this kind of stuff. But, you know, when your team is actually playing well, it's 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 frustrating. Now, we've seen, you know, we just this was a game after BC just lost to 30 by 30 points to Wake Forest. They lost to UNC by but was felt like 30 a couple of weeks ago. They didn't need the refs to hand them this game. But it wasn't because of the refs, as I said before, BC lost this game. It was just irritating because there were, you know, there was other factors. The refs were definitely a factor in this as well. So the Boston College, they get their next game. That will be on Saturday against Pitt. Now, Pitt, 
has won a few games. They just beat Syracuse a couple, uh, you know, a couple games ago. They won again uh, recently, so they're playing much better. Now, the bigger question will be: Will this game ever happen, or at least happen on Saturday? Because uh, according to forecast, it looks like a big blizzard's coming in, and it's coming in Friday night into Saturday, and I believe the game's at noon. So that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. So I don't know if Pitt's gonna come in early. They're just going to cancel the game and postpone it, whatever. But keep your eye on that. The weather definitely could impact Saturday's uh, matchup. Uh, I heard over over a foot of snow up in the Boston area, so we'll have to check that out. Now, in a moment, one of Boston College's coaches is popping up in new coaching searches. I'm going to talk all about who is looking after this coach. This is it, the putt that could win you the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Again, head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. I also run a forum, or message board, if you will, called the Maroon and Gold Forums. It's got a free section and a pay section. The pay section goes to premium members of BC Bulletin. You can become a premium member if you'd like. It's only a dollar for the first month. Or, and I give you tons of recruiting news. I'm always in the know on all that. Or if you want the free stuff, that's good too. Head over to maroonandgoldforums.com and sign up today, and you can get your free account set up immediately. Uh, this great community of over 370 Boston College fans over on that site. May be the newest one by heading over to maroonandgoldforums.com. All right. So on Wednesday, I reported uh, a new thing to keep an eye on in terms of the Boston College coaching staff as Tem Lokabu, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, has been listed as one of the four finalists for the Notre Dame defensive coordinator position. Now, Marcus Freeman is the new coach at Notre Dame, and as you know, Al Washington, former Boston College defensive lineman, is his defensive line coach. They don't have a defensive coordinator yet. Interesting, I find that funny that they don't have, they have some of the positional coaches, but they don't have the coordinator for that position. But anyways, I digress. I talked to Brian Driscoll of Irish Breakdown, who is a very connected uh, journalist who covers Notre Dame. Um, he knows a lot. He's uh, I knew about Phil Dracovic transferring to Boston College before it was announced because Driscoll is so connected with uh, some of the, the, the factors in that, that situation. But he tells me that there's four finalists for the Notre Dame defensive coordinator position. And that is uh, Al Golden, who many of you remember was a former Boston College defensive uh, defensive coach. He was a coach at Miami, Temple. He was with the Lions as a tight ends coach. And he was the linebackers coach for the – or he is a linebackers coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. I always forget that he's still in the playoffs. Um, but he is a finalist along with – Joe Rossi, who is the defensive co coordinator for Minnesota, one of the better coordinators in the country. Doug Belk, who has one of the best 
passing defenses in the country for the University of Houston, and Tem Lokobu. Now, Lokobu, if you remember, he is in his second year with Boston College. He was hired along with Jeff Halfley. Uh, Halfley hired him to be his defensive coordinator. They had a connection through Rutgers and uh, knew each other for a while. And he's done a great job. I mean, what you've seen him bring to this defense has been impressive. Now, they went from, you know, in Steve Adazio's final year, they were 101st in the country in scoring defense. Two years later, they're 31st. The pass defense went from 122nd in 2019 to third last year. Third. That is, I, I know that they weren't perfect, but that's impressive that the pass defense has gotten that good. So, Lokobu, he's, you know, just 40 years old. He's a younger coach. He's got NFL and college experience. And it's just a matter of time before a bigger program goes knocking. And right now, it's Notre Dame. Now, I've been told he's probably not the first choice for the Irish. I don't know who the number one choice is, number two. But I, I get the I get the sense from talking to some of my sources, he's in the back half of that uh, their priority list. Notre Dame, when they go knocking, they get what they want. And looking at the four guys that are, are in the running, I have to imagine all four of them would say yes to that job. That's like a primo job. That's one of the top defensive coordinator positions. I mean, look at what happened to Marcus Freeman, right? Freeman went from just, you know, defensive coordinator at Cincy to defensive coordinator at, at Notre Dame for like a year or two. Boom. He's now the like the top uh, head coach uh, hire of the offseason, even when there were some other bigger names. So I think someone's going to take it. And I don't think it'll be Lokobu. So luckily that, that will be uh, good. Secondly... The other position I just saw was that Michigan defensive coordinator Mike McDonald is heading to the NFL. That's funny because Jim Harbaugh's uh, defensive coordinator is going to John Harbaugh. The brothers, I don't know. I, I wonder how upset Jim is at his brother for stealing his his prized possession. Because, I mean, John uh, Jim McDonald did an excellent job of turning that Michigan defense around after after Don Brown struggled at the end of his, uh, his tenure in Ann Arbor. Now, I haven't heard... Lokobu's name. I don't. I, I honestly haven't seen a list of potential replacements yet. But you have to imagine this is again another position. Will they look at Tem Lokobu? I mean, all the schools that I think I'm like, oh man, that's another one that could could potentially go for a guy like him. Michigan could be one of those schools. Could they look at Lokobu? So that I mean, even if Notre Dame doesn't hire him, we'll have to watch the Michigan position. Uh, see who they hire because there's a possibility as well that they could look at Lokobu as well. And I think Lokobu has, has really, you know, ratcheted up his profile. He is one of the better defensive coordinators. I know some people after 2020 weren't big fans of him, but I think he proved a lot of haters wrong in 2021. And I think next year when he has even more of, you know, his guys in there and less of Steve Adazio's, it's going to be even better. You know, they got Jaden Woodbay coming back. They've got Josh DeBerry. They've got a bunch of different guys that could really step up for them. So we'll have to wait and see. Now, if he was to leave, let's just pretend for a second, who would take over that position? Now, there's two schools of thought here, right? There is that they could just, uh, you know, go from within. You know, like I said, with the offensive coordinator position, they could go with someone like Joe Daly, an offensive coordinator. Uh, but in the, on the defensive end, it could just be Azar Abdul-Rahim. You know, he's the associate head coach right now and the defensive uh, defensive backs coach. Could they just make him defensive coordinator and assistant head coach? I mean, our associate head coach, they could. Or do they look outside the organization? And the name that always pops up for me is Anthony Campanile. Anthony Campanile was a name that I know was pop, popped, popped up quite a bit when Lokobu was hired. 
he, he was just fight. You know, he's part of that staff in Miami with Brian Flores that was just let go. So he has no job right now. Would Halfley go with him? I mean, who knows? I mean, we're just projecting at this point. We don't know if, even if Lokubu is going to leave, but it's always fun on a, on a podcast like this to do that. Now, in a moment, we're going to go over the news. I'm going to preview quickly what's going to happen on uh, Thursday night when BC Women's Basketball takes on Georgia Tech and get everything in between. Bet Online like, would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to make wagers on all your favorite sports. Head on over to BetOnline, where, where the game starts. Hey Eagles fans, this is AJ Black with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Just use promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code COLLEGE for, uh, sorry, SCORE for 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. Some people who drive and are making as much as two to $300 of cash a year back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card, or Amazon, or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get 25 cents per gallon or more on your cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. This is AJ Black. On Thursday evening at 7 p.m., Boston College women's basketball is going to head to Atlanta to face with the number 14, number 17 Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. This is going to be a big game for BC. A win would give them a 15-5 mark and 6-3 and in ACC road play, and then would make them 5-3 and three in road games. So it's a big, big matchup for BC. But Georgia Tech is one of the best teams that they played all year. Now, I know they played Notre Dame, they played Louisville, but this is going to be another big challenge for them. They've coming off, they're coming off back-to-back wins against Syracuse and North Carolina, a game where they held UNC to 38 points, and they're just incredible on defense. This is they allowed only 46.3 points allowed per game. It's number 1 in the nation while holding opponents to 30 32.3% shooting, second in the country. Now, Boston College, they are an offense, and I said in la- on yeah, uh, earlier podcast this week, BC is 11-0 and when they scored 75 points. That would be a Herculean effort against this Georgia Tech defense because, as you just saw, I mean, like I just said, they let up 38 points to uh, UNC let up. Uh, sorry, UNC scored 38 points against um, Georgia Tech. So BC's got, they're going to have to play defense. It's, it's, there's no way they're going to score 75 points in this game. So um, this is going to be a tough one for BC, but this is the game you got to circle because it's a winnable one. Like I, I like good defenses, but BC's got some good offense. They they might be able to counteract this and pull off a win because I think Georgia Tech is beatable. This is not like the the Louisville's or the NC State's on their schedule where you're like, you're looking at that going, okay, automatic loss for the women. But this is a game they could win. They could win this game. So you know, keep your eye on this. It's a 7 p.m. game. It's on the ACC network. You can check it out. So hopefully they win because that would really solidify their their place in the ACC turn. I mean, in the NCAA tournament. Now, 
in terms of recruiting, it's been quiet for Boston College. I mean, Jeff Halfley in his final pre, uh, post co- press conference of the 2021 season said that the 2022 class is not done yet. I haven't seen much to say that that's correct. I haven't. Uh, they haven't had anyone on campus the last couple of weeks. This weekend with a snowstorm, I and I've been told that they're not really pushing for many. It's it's really quiet with BC recruiting, but. They have a whole bunch of new offers out. You can check it all out on bcbulletin.com. I've been re- I've been interviewing kids. I've got um, you know I'll have another uh, interview out today with another recruit that's been talking about Boston College. I have all the offers up on Maroon Gold forums. They've been busy. It's just they haven't had them on campus yet, which I think is an interesting move. I mean Rutgers and Penn State. They've had all these junior days. BC hasn't done anything, and I'm interested to see what their philosophy is, and I'll, I'll continue to fi- I'll dig and see if I can find for that. Finally, a little NFL uh, Eagles in the NFL news. Harold Landry was named to the Pro Bowl. Harold Landry has become one of the best uh, pass rushers in the country. You know, he finished last season with 12 sacks, and you know, some big time moves. I mean, he had a sack against Joe Burrows in the in the playoffs. Congratulations to Harold Landry. You know. When he dropped to the second round of the NFL draft, I always thought some those teams are gonna you know bite themselves in the butt for like or kick themselves in the butt for not picking him because when he was at Boston College, he set all those sack records. He looked legit. And I don't know what it, whether it was his workouts or his interviews or what it was that pushed him back, but he just seemed like a slam dunk. You know, like a guy that could do a whole bunch of things on pass rushes, and he's done everything you'd ask. I mean, he is. One of the most disruptive players on, he's probably the most disruptive player on Tennessee, um, and one of the best pass rushers in the country. So, congratulations to Harold Landry. You like to see him doing well, um, and that'll be it. Now, on tomorrow's show, we'll recap the Georgia Tech game, we'll preview the weekend and sports, including hockey and everything in between. Thank you all for listening. My name is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow my site at LockedOnBC, uh, sorry, the podcast, and at BC Bulletin. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. And if you haven't done so already, give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. It really does help us out and helps other people find our podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care.